Hi there. My name is Andy Wagner, and I'm an executive director at Access Digital. And I want to thank you for checking out our B2B migration playbook today. Our playbook aggregates 15 years of implementing and migrating Oracle Commerce and presents the seven key capability areas that we believe B2B companies should focus on when considering future options for their Oracle Commerce solution. Now, you're likely aware of the discussions and open questions in the industry surrounding Oracle's future plans for their e-commerce platforms. And we're certainly hearing it amongst our own clients. So today, I'm joined by our CTO, Naresh Ram, to help me address these discussions by walking through those key capability areas and sharing some real world examples to illustrate why they're so important. Hey, Naresh, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Andy, how are you doing? Doing well, thanks. So listen, let's start with some context. The world has changed since most companies implemented Oracle Commerce. This idea of digital business is far more pervasive and impacts almost everything today in a way it didn't back when they first implemented. So ultimately, um, you know, we feel there's going to come a point when companies decide to migrate off of Oracle Commerce. So Naresh, I want to just start with to get your thoughts on you know, what are the most important factors you're seeing influencing that decision? The important factors influencing uh, the migration to, to, uh, to uh, my migration away from Oracle Commerce would be the, the primarily the cost of maintenance. I mean, the, 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 the uh, resource pool is becoming smaller. The cost of uh, hardware is becoming higher. Um, the, there is a there is a cost to this this maintaining this this old system. The second one, uh, the most the more important one would be the feature requirement. If uh, if your business is evolving and you have acquisitions, mergers, new product catalogs, you know all of these. Uh, Sometimes it's just way too much money to to uh, upgrade your update your system with new features. So in in some cases, uh, what we have found with our customers is that uh, adding a new product catalog with a little bit of variation was even more expensive than just replatforming. So they just decided to replatform and and go go with a new platform. So in addition to those things you were just mentioning, um, you know, what kind of pressures are you seeing for for people to to migrate? What are you hearing about? So uh, from I mean the 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 previously I covered uh, what are the important factors for the migration I think I think some of the businesses are also facing a pressure uh, to migrate away from from uh, their uh, their uh, ATG installation um, the first one is the benefit and the availability of the ubiquitous availability of cloud some of the some of the companies have tried to migrate to cloud with 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 ATG the licensing the support you know I I can go on for forever on that so but it's not an option I mean uh, going with a newer platform that is born in the cloud would would obviously be much better. Also, you need to react much faster to customer needs. I mean, you can't wait for for you know a week to get a, a bill done when when you have a, a a big flood like we had in Florida. You just need to adapt to it very quickly, like in hours or minutes, for example. And we can do that with some of the newer platforms, right? Absolutely. And the the next one that I would say is a big one is is trust. Trust is very important for B2B, even more important than B2C. I would think B2C is important too, but it is the, the, you know, the new heart bleed uh, defect that we had, the log4j vulnerability we had, the maintaining and, and, and patching those systems quickly um, and not exposing and having an answer when a customer calls you and says, are you guys addressed for this one is I think very, very key um, 
for some of the B2B platforms. So also some of the newer platforms, in addition to patches, they also do feature feature uh, you know changes very, very quickly. You get feature upgrades every, you know, every six months, every three months, the new features are added that that will kind of help you uh, you know, stay up with uh, the customer demand. Fantastic. So if I summarize all of that, um, you know, I'm, I'm hearing two things really. Uh, one is there's an obvious focus on feature parity and, and, and getting new features and, and being able to get new features to the market quickly is, is, a, is a pressure. It's a big reason uh, that people are considering uh, migrating. But then there's also, I've heard and, and, and people that I've talked to, there's this concern that, hey, we've, we've been you know, on this platform for years and years and years. We've customized it. We have complexities in our business. And, and we're just concerned that, you know, some of the today's digital commerce platforms just may struggle with, with some of those complex B2B scenarios. Would, would you agree that, that that's right? You're hearing that as well? Well, I mean, I mean, depending on uh, who you're listening to, you could have heard that, I'm sure. But uh, I think I think uh, different platforms come with different flavors in the in the market, Andy. And as you know, uh, the, um, you know, you have platforms that are pretty light on features, but they give you a lot of flexibility to implement your own and and do what you need to do. And there are some features, there are some some platforms that take a very prescriptive uh, approach to features. They give you a lot of features and give you the ability to customize them, you know, as you see fit. Um, so I think it goes both ways. So you 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 know depending on your platform, you could end up with uh, you know a bunch of customization, not able to do something, uh, and end up with a bunch of customization, or have most of it done, uh, requiring a little bit of customization to go where you need to go, depending on your need and the platform. Okay, so let me put you on the spot then. I I know my answer to this, but as we go through the playbook now, and and walk through these these seven uh, key capability areas, is there one platform that stands out in your mind? for its kind of comprehensive B2B support that we could use as, as an example as, as we're going through these? Well, I guess you know my answer and I, I certainly do know yours. Uh, we've been working with uh, OroCommerce. They have a really very feature rich uh, platform that compares very well with ATG. We've done some excellent migrations out of ATG from with, uh, with OroCommerce with feature parity and more and much more. In fact, what we couldn't do with uh, with ATG or, you know, it was too expensive to customize was out of the box with, with OroCommerce. So I, I strongly recommend that um, when it comes to uh, somebody who's in B2B that is like doing things industry standard wise or a little bit of deviation from that. Okay, so uh, that was gonna be my answer as well. Um, it, it, it's one of the most feature rich platforms uh, that I've come across out there. Uh, and we've had some really good uh, luck with it. So let's. Let's start looking at these key capability areas. So, you know, I remember, uh, you know, back when I started working with uh, ATG before it was Oracle Commerce, you know, one of the big selling points and one of the things that, that um, Oracle Commerce allowed you to do was uh, really start working with personalization and be able to personalize the customer experience. Um, if, we, if we talk, if we think about that as an important capability area, you know, how does that stack up, say now, with with Oro Commerce? What what are you seeing? So, Andy, as you very well know, in ATG, when we sold it, it was a lot of emphasis was placed on personalization. But that was during sales. We placed a lot of emphasis on personalization. Really, when we when it got to implementation, most people only implemented a few banners that were uh, even though we had these segments and slots and stuff, and we did some work on it. But uh, hardly, um, I don't think every anybody anybody ever used it. Properly, but I mean, there are some companies that did that anyway. 
in in terms of B2B specifically, ATG was, you know, primarily a B2C platform, right? When it comes to B2B, um, I think personalization can be done even more precisely because you know your customer, you know exactly the market segment they belong to, and you know who's logging on to it. No matter what, where the order comes from, which person, you know that this company buys like this because you have their order history. So I think uh, putting up industry-specific banners, uh, you know, changing, um, that's that's just a gimme. You know, it's very straightforward. It's a merchandiser uh, config. We don't even get development on that. Um, you can change top nav very, very easily. Not only can we change it based on industry specification, like my catalog, we've done that for our customer, my catalog, where they just see the stuff that they they usually order. They they, have, they do have access to full catalog, but my catalog is their personal stuff. Uh, we can we also do quick links on the on the page to go to take them to where they're doing if they're doing truck tracking and they come there often to do truck tracking we we have a quick link for them to 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 go there uh, we also make uh, accessible the msds uh, and the spec sheets uh, from the orders they purchase because we know which products they purchase independent of who's logging in and on and because we have a rollback access i mean role based access control when a warehouse person logs in, we can give them a completely different personalized view as opposed to somebody who's from purchasing or from financing who's logging in. And I think the last one is uh, is search. And we were, you know, we we've done a customization where when they when the user logs in uh, and searches for something based on their industry specification, we bump those categories. So if you're plumbing, you, we bump the plumbing uh, results up as opposed to something from electrical. Like if you search for a pipe, you get plumbing pipes as opposed to electrical pipes. And again, this is all merchandiser conflict, right? So I mean, so the rules for personalization uh, have been, uh, for search personalization can be configured by the merchandiser. Okay, so it's interesting you, with the, the search that, you know, um, most people uh, have both ATG and Indeca. You know, it's now obviously part of or, or, Oracle Commerce, excuse me. Um, it sounds to me like this is going to be easier to, to manage. It's it's not as, as heavy. I mean, I know people who, you know, they have teams dedicated to just managing all the business rules and what have you in, in Indeca. So, you know, from a personalization perspective, um, you know, you, you just talked about that, but what about just the raw search? So uh, in Oro Commerce, raw search is uh, is done using Elasticsearch. Elasticsearch is an open source industry standard REST-based search engine that is very, very good with just searches. Now, uh, Endeka used to do UI management, you know, the, the, the look and feel. I, I never thought that really belonged there. We do look and manage, look and feel management where it belongs in the CMS part of the, the, the website, in, in the admin section. The search itself is search and it's highly customizable, as I just said. Um, we can do query intercepts and 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 change the queries to to get that. We can customize how the indexing happens. Uh, we in fact, Oro, uh, the Endeka search, for example, uh, indexes visibility uh, for each customer. What that means is that when uh, it's not just hiding a product for a customer, when you search for it, you don't even get that. That's a deep visibility. You have no access to it. Even you can go direct link to it. You don't have access to it. So, and then we do. We do pricing as well. All the customers' pricings are different, different. I mean, we support complex pricing. All the customer pricings are, are indexed. And when we do a product listing pages, the, the efficiency, the, the performance is great uh, coming out of Indec. So you're making this really easy for me, Russ, because I'm just going to ask you about uh, pricing, because I know in, in Oracle Commerce, uh, we had hierarchical pricing, we had tier pricing models, uh, and, and there was a lot of complexity you could manage there. 
you know, this is clearly an important capability area for any B2B company. Uh, if we go back to our example of Oro Commerce, how are they making that at least the same or, or, or better? As you know, Andy, uh, not only is list price uh, and then fall down pricing, like you have multiple list pricing for customer, customer specific pricing, MSRP, and uh, even map pricing uh, that that many of the, the the retailers now have to support are all out of the box with Oro. In addition, Oro also supports uh, you know uh, expressions for generating price lists. So if you have a single sale price list and you wanted to give a 10% discount to your gold customers or your silver customers, you could have that generated just with an expression. So you don't have to update all the pricing. The Oro Commerce will do that for you. And if it doesn't work, you can always customize the pricing engine just like you would be in ATG. So we can handle pretty much anything. In fact, recently, as you know, we handled 25 million records for uh, one of our customers. Um, and uh, we, we got super uh, performance, less than one second on the glass. Uh, performance on it and we had to load these pricing every day 25 million prices loaded every day and and we got all that with customizing the pricing in okay that's that's pretty amazing um and if we think about the the other part of the or the the other capability that kind of always goes alongside pricing which is product management you know that's what i know that that you know we we've sometimes struggled with uh in oracle commerce um it's it's not always been very friendly and, and we've had to do some some crazy things to to make it work the way we wanted um it it isn't always easy in in b2b uh because of the 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 multiple variations and mappings of products to companies that this that is it fundamentally does it fundamentally work the same way if we're, we're thinking about oro commerce or how have they done things differently so the the short answer is no. It works much better. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, the, in 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 uh, in Oro Commerce, uh, you can create your own variations. That I mean, merchandiser can uh, merchandiser like a business analyst can create their own variations of products. Uh, we do have a concept of a product template where we can set up the the product and the product types uh, and what attributes they have, and then you can fill that up kind of like a CMS. So it's a it's a a decent CMS. I would say we do have some bulk edit capability. Uh, you can you can uh, upload your product images in, in ATG. We used to always send images through through an FTP system, but in Oro you can upload your you can upload your images um, and uh, and you can you can set up your attributes. You can set up your uh, your uh, different variations. The the whole complex. Uh, product configurable product stuff uh, just works out of the box um, you also get pricing based on the complex products you get variations the, all, all, very similar in functionality but much better execution because it's mostly controlled by the merchandiser and okay, if so it doesn't work uh, and if it doesn't work we do have uh, direct integration with uh, you know really good uh, pim systems like uh, um, the the popular ones in the industry Okay, so uh, it sounds like it is uh, a lot easier to work with with product management uh, in Oro Commerce, uh, and it, that's important because in this this is an area where more and more you want to get your merchandisers, your your business uh, people involved in that, you know, in the B two B world. Um, but as 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 you know, um, the um, the e-commerce platform isn't always the the master of that information, whether it's product price, uh, whatever it might be. So, you know, we, within uh, Oracle Commerce, there was always uh, a heavy integration piece of any implementation. 
that's not going to go away because you need to integrate uh, with all the other systems uh, that you have. Uh, but is there anything that uh, Oral Commerce has done or any of these modern pro uh, platforms have done to make that integration work easier or, or less risky? So I, I think in terms of integration, OroCommerce supports uh, the concept of a deployment unit, which is you have code, UI, and database changes, all including the database data that, that you need, uh, all, all, um, uh, all rolled into one unit, which makes it super easy for, uh, for that feature to have its own lifecycle. Also, when we, we work very closely with the Oro support team, we work very closely with the Oro product team. And when we ask for some uh, stuff that's not in the marketplace, they do have a marketplace with common integrations for CRP, ERM, and payment methods. But when they don't, we work with the Oracle product team and they give us these deployment units that, that can be deployed just straight out into the application. And um, it's, it's quite seamless. And we can also um, create our own using this model with any new REST or GraphQL-based systems, as well as we have done some older uh, older integrations using file systems, FTP, SOAP, and even an email. You know, we did an integration with email as well. Okay, so if if I hear what you're saying, um, this is actually quite interesting. So when we're we can create features that are all packaged together, so that it functions as one unit, takes care of everything in the platform from a, a database, the UI, the code, the execution, all of that. So that can almost live as its own feature alongside the platform, which I would suspect is going to make uh, upgrading and, and keeping the platform patched and updated much, much easier. Right, right. That's absolutely true. So we, we do get patches, uh, you know, very, very uh, often, as soon as any vulnerability in, is detected, we do get, uh, we, we do get uh, uh, minor releases every three to six months. And uh, so upgrading it is uh, fairly straightforward. It's a patch release, we upgrade it. And like you said, since all the features and our code is deployed in a unit that lives on its own, uh, upgrading is uh, much less of a, of a risky task than what it used to be with, uh, with ATG. Okay, that's that sounds really useful. Um, the, 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 the next sort of capability I'd like to talk about or get your input on is, you know, we, we see that, uh, particularly in B2B uh, commerce, that uh, organizations are, are starting to bring together various players and uh, in, in, a, in a similar way that we, we've seen in the B2C world. And by that, I mean, Obviously, you have your e-commerce team, uh, but now even the direct sales team, uh, marketing, you know, customer service, they're starting to all bring that together. So we're going through some of the same evolution that, that we've seen on B2C. No surprise uh, there, I don't think, uh, for anybody. Um, but what I wanted to ask you about is, you know, how easy is it to get all of that to work together? Okay. In other words, I know in Oracle Commerce, you know, we had the, the customer service we, uh, module um, and you had talked about the CMS a little bit, but, but I'm wondering about things like CRM uh, and, and anything else, uh, you know, looking again at a, at a more modern B2B platform and perhaps using Oracle Commerce as the example. So uh, in in Oro Commerce, um, uh, Andy, we don't have we don't have this concept of separate BCC, separate CSC. We don't have that. We just have one admin, 
And based on the, the person who's logging in, based on the roles that you set on the person that's logging in, that the, the, the same UI changes. So you could have a role that is both a merchandiser, a marketer, um, and a sales rep, or just one of them. So if you set the, the role to be just marketing, they get uh, just the marketing part, which is the, the landing pages, the CMS, uh, you know, adjusting the, the look and feel of the site, and some of the search tuning is what they get. And when you get the, the merchandising part, that's when you get the PIM, like, uh, you know, product management yeah. and changing everything. So the it's interesting that the marketing person can can kind of control the the UI the, the the top level nav how it looks and the merchandising person can do his own work in and they can be separate or together so uh, it, it's uh, and when you license oro commerce you get all of this in in you know you get the you get the marketing part where you can send out blasts of email and you know you get all that you get the you get the the uh, uh, lightweight PIM, which has which is actually pretty full featured. You get a complete CRM, which is a, which gives you a three sixty degree view of the customer, including the orders he placed, the, the the call center stuff where you can see the logs of the customer, what they what they had talked, what tickets they raised, and everything. You have a ticketing system. Um, uh, if you don't like the ticketing system, it's full featured. But if you don't like it, you can always integrate with Zendesk, uh, and it's there is a out of the box integration as well. So uh, the all of it just comes together. And and my, you know, we also know that uh, not recent, not too long ago, um, Oro even extended the platform further to be able to handle marketplace scenarios. That's right. um, so if we put all this together, you have your commerce core, you've got your CRM, you, you can uh, manage your customer service uh, jobs there. And, and now we have marketplace as, as well as all the, the core commerce stuff and, and it's all in the same platform so it's not these different modules like right. we had with and, oracle and, commerce. and the marketplace add-on isn't like a bolt-on that you would see with something else where it's a completely different ui the marketplace is actually part of the admin screen when they when the marketplace users log in they see the admin screen that they have permission to they control their products uh, visibility they control their product descriptions the pricing you know whatever it is that we we as marketplace operators decide that they should they should have access to and it all comes comes together. Fantastic. So from a from a capability perspective, you know, thinking about how am I going to get these various disciplines all sort of aligned around our our digital commerce channel, you know, Oro Commerce provides a a, a pretty easy solution in that they have uh, features that that support those functions that everybody needs to do from the various disciplines. Um, so that sounds great. Now, the, the last, I think, and uh, probably the, the biggest one in terms of capabilities is um, the, the kind of customer account hierarchy or customer accounts in general. Um, you know, it, it, it hasn't always been easy to model, you know, the B2B uh, account hierarchy in, in Oracle Commerce. So um, is that another area where things have gotten better? you know, in with, with Oro Commerce or, or any of the other more modern platforms? Certainly, certainly. I, I think they've gotten a lot, lot better because uh, when you look at a B2B platform, once you make the underlying assumption that that all the entities that you normally associate with a user actually belong to a company, right? And then there are actors that act on behalf of the company. So people come and go, Andy, so, I mean, you could have a purchasing person today and you can have another purchasing person tomorrow. You don't want to share logins. That's just 
that's just ridiculous, right? And then you don't yeah. want them not to have access to orders. So in, in Oro Commerce, when you place an order, it belongs to the company. And when you replace that person, the next person has access to that orders. Now, between companies, there's a firewall and you, they can't see each other's orders, obviously. But within the company, you can set up to say a supervisor can see all the orders. And then you can set up things like purchase approval workflows because everybody has their own different roles. Um, yeah, you can you can have RFQs, so you can have RF you know request for quotations going back and forth with the right person. Um, you can out of the box is also uh, user management that is end user management. So I as a customer to to a platform that's created by Oro Commerce, if I'm an admin, I can manage my own people. I can I can add them, delete them, change their passwords. I can even set my own custom roles on them to say this person only has access for up to five hundred dollars to to place an order. After that, it requires an approval. So I can manage that as an admin for my own company, not as an admin for the for the uh, for the operator, but as an admin. That reduces cost to the to the operator because now you're 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 giving away giving the power to the to the customers to do their own thing also improve security because we all know people quit and nobody you know turns their access off because it's all these third party systems that you have to send a ticket to and everything right so that's all taken care of right so it sounds like it, it really enables this self-service scenario right. um a, a lot easier which which um certainly wasn't quite as easy uh in the the oracle commerce world but is one of those areas in in around the the customer account capability that, that you really want today to, to actually be as flexible as possible to engage with your customers and let them work the way they want to work right? Um, without it being this major overhead um, for you as the operator. Okay, well, that that's considerably more flexible than, than how we had to do things in, in Oracle Commerce for sure. Now, uh, just before I forget, um, you'll notice there's a link below where you can book time with Naresh to discuss any uh, specific questions you might have uh, regarding your, your individual scenarios. We're, we're kind of being pretty broad with Naresh, if that would be helpful. Um, now, getting back to what you were saying, um, it sounds like one of the most important migration steps, and, and you addressed this a little bit earlier when, when you were talking about feature parity, um, We'll be getting yourself out of this, you know, how we did things in Oracle Commerce mentality um, to, to really make use of and really embrace some of the new capabilities uh, that more modern platforms um, give you. So let, can we just pivot slightly to address some, some of these practical migration steps, you know, particularly for the business stakeholders? Um, you know, what things do they need to think about? What's, what's really important? So this kind of changing the mindset and, and, and stepping out of how we did things in Oracle Commerce, would that be the first step uh, in, in sort of any successful migration? Absolutely, absolutely, Andy. Uh, so as you said, I think the first thing would be to re-examine your requirements to see what could be done better, right? I mean, a, a, just because Oracle did it a certain way and you had to change your business to, uh, to do it that way doesn't mean you have to do it the same way now. You can do things better. Um, and we found we've had great success uh, advising customers on uh, on what could be done better by going to the platform, seeing what the out of the box features are, and 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 also customizations are not as uh, as heavy as they were in in the in the Oracle world. So uh, we want to better fit the 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 customers' needs, 
but not, I mean, you shouldn't just think this is how we did in Oracle, we're going to do this again, but maybe we can do it better, right? One of the cases would be, you know, during data migration, for example, you know, the customer always, uh, you know, the customer one is always flattened out in Oracle, as you know, um, yeah. when it comes from the ERP system. The ERP system does have a complex hierarchy. It's some, most of the time, the ERP system does capture complex hierarchies of customers, but it's not, you know, it gets flattened out. We don't have to do that. We can do it. Uh, we can do it. Uh, we can capture that hierarchy and leverage that for either for personalization or for for role-based access control or to give people more capability than what was possible with Oracle by re-examining that bit as an example. Okay. So uh, in terms of the the, the things that uh, there's key migration steps and I guess planning sessions, I would almost call them. You know, feature planning. Yes, particularly. You know, what do we have today? What do we really need, and and what new opportunities might there be by virtue of of uh, new platform features? Um, and you just touched on the the data migration. Um, you know that one's obviously key. It always is. Uh, what about customer account planning? You know how do, how do you? Because I've had conversations where the um, as an operator you're thinking about you know what do we need in order to make the customer account hierarchy and all of that work, right? Um, but this is a great opportunity to think about, well, what, what do your customers need? Or, or how can we create more value for, for the customers? Um, what, what are some big things to think about there when, when you're looking at, hey, this is, this is how it's set up. This is how we've always done it in Oracle Commerce. Because um, I know we've been through some of these, many of these, these conversations together. Uh, let me think about that for a second. So, in, in terms of in terms of uh, customers doing customers better, uh, I talked I touched about security of how customers can you know self uh, yeah, to look at the the uh, self care aspects of customers to see what they would want to do and what they want. Uh, really would would be and <clears throat> to ask some of your customers. I think we've had great luck talking to customers, uh, talking to the customers of the customers to say, um, you know, what features they want. Sometimes you find that uh, you know they want certain certain um, um, feature, certain features like to change a date, for example, we, they, to ch change the date of the order, the estimated time of delivery. They wanted to change that, and in Oracle that was that was a little you know a little uh, more difficult. In here it was it was straightforward. Once we had a call with the ERP system, we changed that uh, yeah, we enable that and, and a lot of customers really like that as an example yeah um, so I'm, then, I'm thinking sorry to interrupt you but you know it's a really important point where we've seen really successful migrations happen is when the companies have actually had conversations and asked their customers hey you know what don't you like what's driving you crazy you know are the things that frustrate you uh, obviously you know within limits but then using that as input as as they're you know shaping and 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 building the account hierarchy in in whatever the new platform is they've chosen yeah as an as another example uh, we had this uh, customers we had this pricing in atg like uh, i talked about the 25 million records uh, the problem mm. there was a 8% uh, deviation uh, in pricing between how the erp did it and how the how the commerce system did it and and uh, the ERP won, and that resulted in about eight percent of the cases where the price for the order was just a little off from what the customers saw, and the customers were, you know, fairly. I would say uh, the 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 client didn't think that it was a big deal, but the customers did care. So uh, when we implemented uh, this one, we took more cases into consideration, and we got the error down to one percent. Well, 
um and 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 this was uh, this was a win win because uh, uh, there was no shock for the customers when they got the, the new bill it was more accurate and uh, also it it uh, it enabled this trust to increase between the client and the customer excellent all right so um in this last section that we've been talking about uh, in the playbook uh, it's really been uh, focused around you know some of those common steps some of those common planning themes. So, you know, feature planning, um, you know, through the, the, the seven uh, capabilities we were talking about earlier, data migration planning and customer account planning uh, are, are the really big ones. Um, but we know, you know, there are many factors that will, will shape your detailed sequence of events, depending on your company's tolerance for risk and desire for agility. So uh, as, as we close out uh, this playbook, uh, overview. Um, whether you'd like to understand more about the oral commerce platform we use as an example throughout the playbook, or if you have other questions, um, we're here to help you understand what that path could look like for you. Uh, and as I mentioned before, uh, feel free to use the link below to organize a migration session with Naresh, where you guys can discuss your individual scenarios uh, and, and or any other questions you may have. Uh, but until then, we thank you for watching our Oracle B2B migration playbook. Bye. Thank you. Bye.